Hello, hello, and good evening, Hampton Roads, the 757. How are you this evening? And welcome to tonight's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. You're listening to us on WGPL 1350 on your AM dial. I am your host, Bishop Hodges. This is the broadcast where we break down and discuss the dynamics of marriage and family relationships. Want to look at marriages and families because God designed and instituted marriage and family to build society on. Unfortunately, sin entered the picture and warped God's original design. The mission of Marriage and Family Clinic is to restore, build, strengthen, and perfect marriage and family relationships. I'm still thoroughly convinced that our joy, our peace, victory, success, all that we are and will become, all of that is dependent upon how we manage relationships. Our most important relationship is the one we have with God. And success with God means worshiping and submitting to Him in all things. After our relationship with God, our marriage and family relationships are so critical. Again, I want to welcome you to tonight's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic here at 1350 on your AM dial. That's WGPL. Tell somebody we're on the air right now. Tonight I want to revisit something that we're talking about. And I just want to remind you of what we're doing here. The entire premise of Marriage and Family Clinic is that God has created us as relational beings. And God created us as relational beings for a purpose. And that no relationship is as important as the relationship between family members and married couples. And I want to look at that again. I want to look at the dynamics of relationships and family patterns again on tonight. You know, in the beginning, God brought Adam and Eve, a man and a woman, together and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. God created Adam and Eve to be companions to each other and to populate the earth. Men and women are created together. They're created to be together as husband and wife. Now, I'm not saying that every man ought to be married or every woman has to be married. No, but men and women are created by God to be husband and wife. That's what's called a marriage. That's the real definition of marriage. And this marriage union is supposed to bear children. When a marriage union bears children, that makes a family. That is the ideal family. And I'm not going to discuss all the ways that you can have a family. I want you to look at this ideal with me. And it may sound a little antiquated and archaic, but that's just the way that it is. The family is God's design. And God came up with that design because he had a purpose in mind. What was God's purpose then? God purposed to build society around the family. The family was supposed to be the bedrock unit, the foundation, the core, the building block of society. Society was supposed to be formed around this collection of people who had to function together. The family was supposed to provide the people in a society all the human interaction tools they would need to function together and be in positive relationships with others to support and maintain the society. I know that's a mouthful. Let me say that again. The family is supposed to be the building block of society. And, and you're supposed to get all of your people handling tools 
from the family. You're supposed to get all of the tools that you need to function among a people from the family so that when we leave the nuclear family and go out into the world and go out into society, we have all the tools that we need to function positively and be a positive uh, uh, product in society. The family was supposed to be where people would learn God's natural laws. And that was supposed to determine how we treat each other in our relationships. And that's how you build a society. That's how you support a society. And that's how you maintain a society. We get all of those tools out of the nuclear family. We bring them out into the world. Some ways are just right, whether or not you are a religious person. Some things are just right. And that's what we call God's natural laws. We're born with a certain law in us. That's God's natural law. So the first pur purpose that God gave us the family for was to instill order in society. The family is the means God uses to get his thoughts, his feelings, his views to society. You know, we have a whole world full of people. And the family is the primary unit that God set up to ensure that there was a proper way to interact with others and thereby again instill order in society. Without it, we can have nothing but chaos. And, and, and this is important right here. I want you to get this. Listen closely. When the family works as God designed it to work, when the family worked as God designed it to, children in the family, they grow up and they're able to adapt to their environment. They're able to adapt to the circumstances. They, they feel loved. The children feel supported. Children grow up with certain virtues, the will to live, the will to go on, resilience, the fight, the, the instinct to survive. They, they feel valued and they feel worthy. They do form resilience and they feel secure in the world and they feel secure in their own skin. When children grow up in a family that God has designed it, when children grow up in that family living by God's design, these children will add to a society. They will be able to help sustain and maintain a society and have a positive impact on it. They will not only take from society, but they will add to society. Needless to say, families don't always function as I just described here. And they don't always achieve or they don't always live by God's design. And many of us were born into dysfunctional families, and, and some of us even exist right now. We continue to exist in dysfunctional families. Even in our adult relationships, we have dysfunctional marriages. Uh, uh, and, 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 and if you were born into a dysfunctional family, I don't want you to think that you're in some unique minority. Don't think that you were the only one. Don't think that something's wrong with you because you were born into a dysfunctional family. Don't be surprised when I tell you, but many, many, many people were born into families with some degree of dysfunction. You know, statistics say that at least 20% of the population suffers from a mental illness. That's every fifth person. And so those of us who grew up in families with more than five people, guess what? Every fifth person 
probably has some mental illness. So don't feel like you're all alone because you grew up and your family had some sort of dysfunction. Welcome to the club. Well, what happened to the family? The bottom line is sin entered in, in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve sinned, but that's a lesson for another day. What I want to talk about is another dynamic at work in the family. It characterizes some of the dysfunction in families, and it deserves our attention. And that dynamic is the dynamic of family patterns. Isaiah 51 and 1 says, and I'm going to read from the Message Bible right here. Listen to me. All you who are serious about right living and committed to seeking God, ponder the rock from which you were cut, the quarry from which you were dug. Ponder the rock from which you were cut, the quarry from which you were dug. Let's unpack that real quick. You know, you, you, you who are listening to this broadcast this evening, I think you're listening because you really want to know what's going on inside of you. You really want some help in your relationships. You're looking for some nuggets that you can employ in your relationships, be it marriage, or be it father, mothers, and children, or husbands and wives, brothers and sisters. You're looking for some help in your relationships, and that's what we're here for. And while looking, you, you often wonder, well, what's making me tick? Where did my habits come from? Why am I the way that I am? Maybe there's a part of your personality that you don't understand. This verse of scripture, Isaiah 51 and 1, this verse of scripture partially answers the question. Isaiah says, think about the rock you were cut from. The rock you were cut from is a metaphor referring to the family. I'm holding a rock in my hand. It's one solid piece of substance. It's one solid whole. It's made of just one material. But if I break off a little piece of this rock, I don't form a new substance. I don't form something brand new. I have the same substance. I have just a smaller piece of the same rock that was a whole moment before I broke it. It's just a smaller piece. The piece of rock that I broke off, the main rock, has the exact same atomic structure, the exact same molecular structure. I didn't form anything new. I just broke off a little piece of the whole. Remember, the rock is a metaphor for the family. The piece I broke off is just a smaller piece of the whole. The piece I broke off has the same essence of the large piece of rock. Likewise, our families of origin are one solid mass. Our families that we were born into, that's the rock. Mother, father, sister, brother, extended family, all of us come together to make one massive rock. And when we're separated from our families, be it because you leave home at the appropriate age or you leave home for an inappropriate reason or whatever the reason is, when we're separated from our families, we don't become brand new beings. We're, we're simply pieces broken off from the whole. I hope you hear what I'm saying to you this evening. We get our DNA from the whole. We get our structure from the whole, from the family. We are pieces broke off from the whole. We share physical features that are similar. 
as well as dispositions and traits. We pick up our personality traits from the family because we're little pieces of the whole. And this is what it means when we say things like a chip off the old block or the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. We pick up so many of our traits, our characteristics, our qualities, our likes, our dislikes, our, our disposition. So much of it comes from the family. As families live together, they form strong emotional connections that make them interdependent. If you're listening to me tonight, I need you to listen closely right here. As families live together, they form these strong emotional connections that make them interdependent. Emotional bonds form in families that make family members seem to automatically learn to depend on and rely on each other. There's something that happens as a family lives together. There's some type of exchange, some type of dynamic that takes place and family members grow up automatically learning to depend on and rely on each other. It's not only love that bonds a family together. This emotional interdependence acts as an even stronger bonding force than love. Family members have a way of getting all wrapped up and tied up and tangled up emotionally. And that's how we come up with sayings like blood is thicker than water. This family emotional bonding phenomenon has a purpose also. I said this family emotional bonding, that strong bonding that takes place in a family, it is phenomenal, but it has a purpose also. The purpose of families taking on the emotional bonding that we take on is so that family members will stick together and nurture each other, protect each other, shelter each other, feed each other, take care of each other, etc., 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 you know, in one of my previous Facebook posts, I referred to the family as a God-ordained institute of love and support. The family is that primary unit that seals your identity in your heart, in your mind for the rest of your life. In family, we have a built-in, God-ordained network of support. Woo, this is awesome. This is awesome. Let me take a break right here and just remind you that you are listening to Marriage and Family Clinic here on WGPL 1350 on your AM dial. And our mission here at Marriage and Family Clinic is to restore, build, strengthen, and perfect marriage and family relationships. I want to invite you to join us right here on WGPL AM 1350 every Tuesday evening from 6 to 6.30 p.m. And do me a favor also. If you're listening to me this evening, send me an email at cdhodges at hotmail.com. Inbox me on Facebook. You can find me, Bishop Carl Hodges. Let me know that you're listening. Let me know that we touch you, that the words we're speaking mean something to you, did something to you. Let me know if you got a nugget. Send me a topic for a discussion even. Send me a question. Just communicate with me and let me know that you're out there. Do us that favor, please. All right. Again, just, just I want to recap here. Families automatically grow up with these strong emotional bonds, but God had a purpose in them. The, the, the bonds form a God-ordained network of love and support. In the family, 
you have you're supposed to have automatic support, automatic nurturing, automatic care, automatic love. It's supposed to be there. You're born with it in the family. But sometimes the emotional bond can be so strong that people in the family blare the lines between right and wrong. People in families, they break rules, they break laws, they give up everything, they forget their values, all in the name of protecting the family. Some family members don't know how to say no to other family members because the emotional bond is so strong. It takes so much emotional energy, so much emotional force to break it and do some things that you need to do in order to remain a right, uh, maintain a right relationship. So some family members, they, they, they go overboard in this strong emotional bond. Some family members will uphold the other family members in wrong or illegal conduct simply because that's my family. And I don't think I'm going too far when I say that the emotional bond in families is a spiritual force also. That's the best way that I can explain some of what goes on in families. It's a spiritual force. It's not natural. And when family members become emotionally bonded, tied, and locked together, it's supposed to be a healthy dynamic. Again, for nurturing, support, love, protection. When the emotional bonding works well, we do feel safe and secure. When the emotional bonding works well, we have a strong sense of teamwork and unity. The members of the primary family, when the emotional bonding works well, the members of the primary family work together toward loving each other. They establish common goals and they keep up the household. Again, make them productive members going out into society. But here's where it gets tight. So many of our families are dysfunctional. A dysfunctional family is one in which persistent conflict and tension are not resolved and it has a negative effect on the family. Dysfunction in a family is where there is persistent conflict, tension. It doesn't get resolved and it grows and it begins to have a negative effect on the family. And I call this emotional energy because emotions and feelings are often stored up and they're pinned up. And it sends a person on an emotional high, an emotional low, an emotional roller coaster throughout their life. The problem is some family members return themselves to a normal level or they stabilize themselves through these emotional highs and lows by passing their energy on to another family member. And often it's the parents who pass on negative emotional energy to the children. I'm saying to you that too many fathers and mothers, they deal with their own issues. They have their own tensions. They have their own struggles. And when they get too emotionally high, too emotionally low, the way that they stabilize themselves, the way that they bring themselves back to some, some point of normalcy, is to pass off that emotional energy to the children. So much of the way we interact with others is formed by the way our emotional experiences impact us in our childhood. And we don't realize it, especially moms and dads, we don't realize that as we're living, if we don't resolve our issues, we're gonna pass them on to our children. Again, this is why we say 
You're just like your daddy. You're just like your mama. You're a chip off the old block. If we don't get a handle on it, moms and dads, you're automatically going to pass your emotional energy on to your children. The give and the take that we experience in our relationships beginning in childhood, they deeply impact our hearts and our minds. And how we handle our emotional energy plays a very powerful role in our development, plays a powerful role in our ability to manage relationships as adults. In short, the emotional energy you build up in childhood becomes the family patterns that follow you into adulthood. For example, if you grew up being criticized, then you become an adult who is critical of others. If you grew up never having the approval or the validation of your mom and dad and never made to feel like you were good enough, if you were always told you can do better, you can do better, if you can do better, if your efforts were always criticized, you will grow up being critical of others. And if you were made to feel little at home, the way that you feel bigger in society and in public is make other folks feel little. That's called a bully. So you can believe that every bully is bullied at home. Every adult bully was bullied by their parents at home. Folks, whether you call it generational curse or whether you call it family patterns, whatever it is, I'm telling you that the emotional energy that we build up and we gain to ourselves in childhood stays with us and it shows up, it manifests in adulthood. And if, it, if that emotional energy is the result of unresolved issues, then it will manifest in adulthood in dysfunctional relationships. These family patterns affect literally every aspect of your life. Your beliefs, your temperament, your eating, your career, education, hobbies, religion, any area of your life, these family patterns affect you. You name it, family patterns affect it. What do these, what do these family patterns look like? Again, how do they manifest? You've heard a mother say to a son, you act just like your father. That's because he does act just like his father. Because of family patterns, a son can unconsciously repeat ways, attitudes, traits, and moods that have been passed to him from his father through those emotional channels. Remember, family members are so tightly bound together emotionally that we seem to just pass energy through each other. And we pick up attitudes, we pick up traits, we pick up moods that have been passed from generation to generation. Parents have unfortunate or tragic experiences that raise emotions and feelings in them. These emotions and feelings may go unresolved for a long time. These emotions and feelings, they stew and they fester for years on end. And they show up as depression, as anger, as rage, drug and alcohol abuse, sexual dysfunction, obsession, compulsion, etc., etc., etc. And when parents don't get healed can't stress this enough. When parents don't get healed and resolve those issues, they pass that energy on to their children. The emotional cord that connects family members acts as a channel and we pass our ways, our dispositions and values to each other in the family. 
may be difficult to understand and we can't see it when it happens, but it's real and we see the results and the manifestations later on. One of our fa favorite families in the Bible, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham is the father of faith. But he was dealing with some issues in his family that he did not get resolved, and he passed them on to his son. Jacob, God used him mightily, but he dealt with some issues in his family that he didn't get resolved and passed them on to his son. Isaac, Abraham passed on to Isaac. Isaac passed on to Jacob. Jacob passed on to his sons. It's right there in the Bible. And I told you early on, don't think that you're some strange anomaly because you're born into a family of dysfunction. We were born, our faith is born out of a dysfunctional family. The father of faith, Abraham, was a dysfunctional father who had a dysfunctional family. And it lasted for generations and generations favoritism somehow or another Abraham Sarah Isaac Rebecca Jacob his wives they didn't get their issues resolved they passed it on to their children you got to be careful some of us declare as children that we will not be like our parents when we become adults and some of us end up being just like our children or just like our parents, excuse me. Some of us declare that I'll never treat my children the way that my parents treated me. But guess what? We end up doing the same thing to our children that our parents did to us. And I want you to remember something. Again, our families are supposed to be God-ordained units of support, nurturing, love, care, protection, support, togetherness, unity. But because of dysfunction, the very unit that was supposed to be our hope becomes our hurt. The very unit that was supposed to help us ends up bringing us the greatest hurt. But if that's you, you're not some strange anomaly. You're in good company. Remember this when it comes to you and your children. I'm reminded of the poem that Dorothy Law Nolte wrote, Children Learn What They Live. If children live with criticism, they learn to condemn. If children live with hostility, they learn to fight. If children live with ridicule, they learn to be shy. If children live with shame, they learn to feel guilty. If children live with encouragement, they learn confidence. If children live with tolerance, they learn to be patient. If children live with praise, they learn to appreciate. If children live with acceptance, they learn to love. If children live with approval, they learn to like themselves. If children live with honesty, they learn truthfulness. If children live with security, they learn to have faith in themselves and others. If children live with friendliness, they learn the world is a nice place in which to live. Most of us ask the question, why am I the way that I am? Oftentimes the answer is simply because that's what was modeled for you and it was passed on to you as a result of your emotional bonding in your family. Here's the bottom line of what I'm saying this evening. Many of us have some ways 
some ways that we may not like and that affect us negatively. Many of us have some ways that others don't like and affect others negatively. The truth is, you may have had help picking up those ways. Now, I'm not talking about inheriting. I'm talking about being passed on. The traits that you inherit, that's genetics. Your eye color, your hair color, your skin color, your height, your body shape, things like that. That's, that's genetics. Family patterns are about the impact and the results of passing on emotional energy to each other usually from generation to generation. Never forget, the quality of our lives is deeply impacted by the quality of our relationships. Our quality of life is largely determined by the quality of relationships in our lives. If quality relationships add to us, then dysfunctional relationships take from us. I don't think that's difficult to understand. And right now you may be saying to yourself, the things that you have heard in this radio broadcast, they sound a lot like what's been going on in your life. If you do feel like what I'm saying fits you, I got good news for you. Whatever it is that hurt you, whatever it is that was passed to you that was dysfunctional, here you are now with the chance and the opportunity to make a difference. You can't help where you came from, but you can certainly help where you're going. Get help. Get yourself on the altar. Get to a counselor. Bond with some friends. Get yourself some help. Where you come from, you can't change that. But you have all the control over where you're going. Let's not sit by and just whine. Let's not sit by and just mope because of where we come from and what was done to us. Let's decide that like Joseph, Jacob's son, we're going to make a difference. That's enough. Let's decide that I'm done with the dysfunction. I'm done with the negative family energy. I'm done with all of that. And now I'm going to be brand new. And whatever it takes to make the change in my life, I'm going to give my life to Jesus Christ. I'm going to get myself in a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church. And I'm going to bring change to my life. So help me, God. We can't help where we come from. But we can certainly help where we end up. I hope I'm making sense to you tonight. And again, one sure way, one sure way to break free of any family pattern in your life. I can't say this, I can't uh, uh, stress this enough. One sure way to help yourself, surrender your life to Jesus Christ. And trust Him for anything that's not right in your life. Above all else, seek to be right with God and align yourself with Him. When you are aligned right with God, family patterns lose their power. When you are aligned right with God, the, the, the power of the emotional energy that once stole your peace no longer has power over you. When you align yourself right with God, the power of dysfunction from your family is broken. The chains of dysfunction are broken. 
they can no longer bind you. You can be free. Above all, seek to be right with God. We serve a God who says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. No matter how bad you were hurt, no matter what you went through as a child, no matter where you are now, God promises brand new life. Old ways, old people, old dysfunction, old dynamics, they all lose their power as you surrender your life to Jesus Christ. If you really want peace, you have to surrender yourself to the Prince of Peace. Oh, I hope we're making sense for you on tonight. So many of us have struggled with where we come from. So many of us are dealing with where we come from. We have anger and, and disillusion and disappointment and rejection and humiliation built up in our hearts and, and built up in our minds because of our relationship with parents, our relationships with siblings. I don't know my brother. I, I, I don't know my biological mother, my biological father, uh, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I'm talking about. You know exactly what I mean. All of that excess, negative, emotional energy those chains can be broken tonight. You're losing peace. You've lost peace. You're wondering what your purpose is. Wondering how did you get here. Wondering how will you get out of here. Well, I'm telling you, if you want peace, you're going to have to surrender your life to the Prince of Peace. You can't have peace without the Prince of Peace. I'm promising you that when you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, surrender to him for real. It's not about what other people tell you a saved life is supposed to be. It's not about what other people tell you that you're supposed to do when you know God and what you're supposed to have and what you're supposed to be. It's not about other people making rules for you to live by. It's about you knowing God for yourself. And I'm telling you that God is a heavenly father whom we can know for ourselves. So remember, the power, the stronghold of negative emotional energy can be broken. Give yourself over to Jesus. All right? Again, you've been listening to Marriage and Family Clinic tonight on WGPL 1350 on your AM dial. Again, do me a favor and let me know that you're listening. Send me an email, cdhodges at hotmail.com. Look me up on Facebook. Inbox me. You can find me, Bishop Carl Hodges, on Facebook. Uh, I look forward to being with you same time, same channel next week. Marriage and Family Clinic right here. Remember, you can't have peace without surrendering to the Prince of Peace. This is your host, Bishop Hodges. We'll see you.